All right. Episode 20, the big 2-0. We finally made it 20 weeks into this. Um, it seems like forever ago. I think it's more because of quarantine, why it seems like it's been forever uh, that we're recording or <laughs> doing this podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, 20 weeks in, 20 episodes in, um, excited to have it still going, still growing. Things are going great. Uh, we're really enjoying all the new fans, all the new people listening to us. Um, tonight's going to be a really fun episode. So before I get into that, I want to do a quick couple housekeeping things. I uh, want to thank everyone, of course, for listening. We, we hit 4,000 downloads, blew past that last week. I think as of tonight, we're already over like 4,400. So within one week, we had another 400 downloads. So we're just uh, – it keeps on growing, going faster and faster. Um, pretty, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's great. I, I, I'm enjoying all the downloads and all the people actually give us a shot. Um, also as well, we have two new patrons, uh, patrons, uh, to our Patreon. Um, that's Pythos and Layla Gaushi, um, are two new patrons. Um, thank you guys so much for, uh, for helping support us monetarily. Uh, it means the world to us, uh, just able to upgrade equipment. And Chris is actually, uh, for at least not for the discord guys listening right now, but for the recording using a new mic. And headset that we bought with the Patreon money. So, yeah, thank, so, thank you so much, everybody. So, hopefully, sound quality will continue to rise. Ian's next in line to get another headset. We'll have that for him next week, or actually next yeah. month. Next month, and um, not next week, next month, and uh, and we keep on going there. Um, so, speaking of Patreons as well, and Patre- Patreon, Patreon, uh, we are doing a giveaway. Um, so, for the month of June, coming up June first, we'll be selecting one patron. Um, so if you guys feel so inclined to become that, it's really simple. Um, there's a link in the description of this episode. You can click on that. Um, um, our, our entry level starts at $1 a month. Um, and it goes up from there to other levels and you get other stuff, with more levels as well. So, um, anyone things be, and stuff, things and stuff. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> so, um, um, if this giveaway is going to be another hard copy cover, uh, our hardcover copy of the eye of the world. Um, we're, we're wrapping up that book next month, but just wanted to give one final book away. Um, so, but we're, uh, giving back to the people who give to us. So, um, uh, if you guys feel so inclined to, to help support us, uh, go over, visit that website, feel free to give. And as long as you are entered before June 1st as a patron, then you are eligible for the drawing. So I think that's it for housekeeping. So moving on to personal life, what's, what's going on with you guys? So I've had decent updates during this quarantine thing, but uh, this last week for me has been very much Groundhog's Day. So unfortunately, I don't have anything exciting to talk about. Um, I've actually had a lot of work to do, like like work, work, like getting on the laptop, you know, waking up in the morning and doing work. And it's been really strange because for a while, I mean, I'd only have maybe two to three hours worth of actual work where I have to make phone calls and get contractors on the line, all that jazz. But this last week I've been working. It's been so weird. Um, yeah. Other than that, that's, that's been life. You know, right. if it's been sunny, I go outside and work on my tan. And <laughs> when it's raining, uh, well, I guess I finished the, um, I told most of y'all I was watching star Wars, um, clone wars, the animated one. And I just finished that the other night. So that, I guess, that's that's the big news from this week for me. Okay. 
Um, you know, this week has honestly been a little tough for me. So my grandmother turned 91 not too long ago, and we, she made the decision that she wanted to go um, up to her hometown in Christiansburg, Virginia, and she wanted to visit some of the sites of the areas that she grew up in and show me some of the homes that her family owned and about literal thousands of acres. And, you know, we, we went through all of that and that was awesome. But my mother was with us and she and I do not have a great relationship because she is very selfish. And so we explored that mm. quite a bit. Um, but really what really got me this week um, here in the local area, there was a, um, a young man murdered uh, night before last. And he was a kid that I mentored and tutored at the boys and girls club. Not only that, I grew up with him. Like I remember him in diapers. He was like a brother to me, wrong place, wrong time. There was a home invasion is what they said on the news. It was more like a little bit of a beef war between one of the guys that was in the apartment and he got caught up in it and he's no longer with us. So really hard on the family i'm really good friends with two of his older brothers so you know like i said we i literally have known him since he was in diapers he was a kid that always had a smile on his face always had a positive word and he he could have lived if he wasn't that type of person um when the guys invaded the home he was running towards the back door and another guy got shot in the leg and rather than continuing out the back door, he went back to try to drag him to safety. Mm. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah. And I'm I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's yeah. You know, that's the world I grew up. In. My aunt, my aunt knows, you know, nothing about the way I grew up. My aunt was with me on the trip. She's never had to deal with you know that type of chaos in our world because she lived up in Michigan for the first. I don't know, for the last 30 some years. And then she's down in South Carolina in, in, in the Bible Belt. So she knows nothing about that. So to have to explain to her what it's like to grow up in low income and poverty and to treat everybody in your neighborhood as family and then to see somebody, hear about somebody shot and killed. Yeah, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, really tough. Yeah. Unfortunately, here in, in our hometown does happen too often. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, thoughts and prayers for you, Chris. Uh, I know everybody in Discord's going through and saying their condolences and, Thank and you. thoughts as well. Stuff. So yeah, um, wow. Um, well, it's good to talk about my personal life, but now I just feel like uh, maybe it's just guys the episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, you should go yeah. ahead because we know you got good stuff to say. <laughs> I, well, I don't. I mean, that's such, uh, so okay. So lifting note, um, and I don't know if this lifting note or not. So uh, in my personal life, as many of you know. Um, 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 uh, there's, um, I, I'm a big avid sailboat racer and sailing has been canceled for this entire season so far because of COVID. Um, and uh. who knows, um, they, they've tentatively now actually said when they're going to start racing sailboats again, it's going to be in June. Somehow I don't think it's actually going to happen, but, um, they've scheduled for the first sailboat race. It's going to be actually an offshore race, which I think is hilarious because normally we have, months to prepare and train for offshore racing uh offshore meaning to go off the coast of the atlantic ocean into the atlantic ocean so you can't see see shore anymore i mean we're talking international waters way off way off the coast and sail and race back um so i'm f- comfortable with doing that kind of stuff 
hopefully everybody else in our crew is. I don't think it's actually going to happen. So I'm kind of tongue in cheek saying, you know, <laughs> but I'm excited still just to get back in the water. Uh, if that, even if it is not till next year, <laughs> but yeah. so you, Alan, you, you have enough crazy people like me that are like, yeah, sure. Let's go offshore. But uh, for people that aren't in the boating world, I'm more worried about the boats themselves because those small races close to the Marina uh, that's your chance to tune up the boat before you do a big race like that. So yeah. if they just open up with something like that, you're going to have a lot of breakdowns. Yeah. That's, that's going to be tough. Yeah. And as long as no squalls come through, we've had, we've been out there before when squall came through a big storm and um, it was fun for me, but obviously, like you said, the boats are all tuned up. So we'll see. Um, yeah. And also in discord, people are asking, I did, I did have a uh, last weekend. Um, we finally broke quarantine a little bit with my, my family. Uh, we were kind of quarantined even for my parents, but we decided to go ahead and um, and um, break that and let the grandkids hang out with the parents more for our sanity uh, and also to let the grandkids hang out with 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 grandma and grandpa. Um, but uh, we were able to give the kids to my, my parents and my wife and I were able to day drink all day long, which was awesome. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so was really excited to do that. Um, enjoy uh, just hanging out and lounging and having a few drinks. And um, I, I love my kids, but it's nice every once in a while not to have them. Um, <laughs> and any parents out there yes, will sir. appreciate that. So it's, it's just, they're great. Uh, but, you know, especially quarantine where we don't get to send them anywhere. So they have no activities. They're just with us all the time. So, <laughs> um, and then, of course, I have the country and state this week. Um, uh, I thought about going with a particular country just because it's Willatine related, but I decided to go with one next to it because it's um, um, uh, we have a friend, a friend from high school that lives there. That's Slovakia. So uh, one, of, one of Ian and I's friends from high school with an exchange student from Slovakia. And uh, he doesn't listen to our podcast yet, but that's going to be changed relatively quickly. But if anybody else knows anybody from Slovakia, uh, from Bratislava or anywhere over there, uh, we'll be happy to have them as listeners. So Slovakia is my pick. Cool. Yeah. Let's get them on. All right. So let's move real quickly into predictions from last week. And then one thing I'm going to do differently as well is I'm going to start bringing up some of these old predictions uh, just because um, – uh, you know, some of them have come true, some of them haven't, but just kind of as a, do you guys remember actually saying this? Do you guys still actually think this kind of thing? Just kind of something <laughs> new. Not going to be the each episode. So from last week, uh, we thought that Pat and Fane was following them. That was one prediction. Um, uh, Rand is going to have mm-hmm. to choose between, uh, choose or something between powers. That was in his dreams. Chris had said something like that, like whereas Loghain and Moraine and Balsamo and all the dream, he had to choose. Uh, Rand is going to marry Elaine. Of course, you know, one of our previous, uh, I think we've said Elaine, um, uh, Matt, Min, and Moraine, actually, I think as well. So Rand, I think he's just going to get around. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Moraine was one of our early predictions. I think Ian actually thinks that uh, Moraine and Rand were going to get together. I don't know if he still thinks that, but. Uh, <laughs> he's got options. He has <laughs> options. And then um, Ian having a meltdown about the hair mark blade was last week as well. So I think <laughs> yeah. something significant about this blade, something it's rare, something's, something's crazy about the sword. So that's a prediction as well is that it's, that there's, it's super rare and, and really super significant. So we'll see if that comes true. So let's move on right into chapter 41 without any, any, uh, any more delay. So, 
Chapter 41, Old Friends and New Threats is the title, and we have an icon, the staff. So I know Ian was really excited when he saw that icon. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was excited about the icon and then uh, Old Friends. I didn't even read the end New Threats part. I was just like, Moraine, Old Friends, they're getting back together. Yay. Which is crazy because uh, for so long I gave so much shit to Moraine. But at this point, it almost doesn't even matter. I mean, they're all just way out of their element and i think everybody feels more comfortable getting back together even with all the shit that's gone on with matt all the stuff that's gone on with perrin like everything it's i'm just glad that there, there's some familiar faces that are coming together so the new threats fuck it we've done threats we'll we'll figure that out when we get to it but the party get back together is pretty exciting i completely yeah. and totally utterly agree as soon as we ended the last uh podcast and we saw that image i was right there with ian i was like you know what finally we are all getting back together again finally the book is heading towards the end and we'll be getting to the second one soon which means we're going to get some stuff happening here we're going to get movement we're going to get something (laughs) awesome and then i remember that there were 15 books i said i won't get too excited but i'm pretty stoked Nice. Good deal. So yeah, so we'll kind of jump right in. So Rand gets back to the end. He's ran the whole way back from the palace. You know, we left. Rand was, uh, you know, I just left the palace uh, 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 meeting with the queen, and he ran the whole way back. And he he gets in and um, um, and and busts to the end. And uh, and you know, he goes to the common room, and and people are talking about different things. Apparently, people are stealing cats. Because there's so much rats in Camelin right now that rats or cats are kind of a commodity. Um, uh, people are talking about Loghain in the common room, of course, since that's the big news today. Since he was brought in, um, you know, everybody's talking about that. And and um, and Rand doesn't want to do anything with the common room. He kind of hears a couple of things, kind of blocks it out, goes straight back into the library uh, where Gil and Loyal are playing a game called Stones, which we don't know much about yet, but. Um, yeah, so let's start with these, this first interaction. Uh, we don't have to get so far to Gil and Loyal, but if you guys have anything from that first scene or if we want to jump right into uh, this interaction between Gil and Loyal. Yet. That's what I want to focus on. Ian Allen said the word yet. <laughs> so Stones is going to become important. We need to pay close attention to Stones. <laughs> no taken. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, hit him with a little bit of his own medicine there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little spoiler. Yes, stones is mentioned multiple times throughout the entire book. Uh. <laughs> oh, wait, hey, take note. I think that's your first official spoiler for us. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Sorry, there's been there's the been book. some hints that have been kind of necessary before, but that one. I mean, he's he's laughing, but maybe this is a really big joke. Like at the very end. Rand challenges Beelzebub to a game of stones, and this is what decides the fate of the whole universe, age, time, everything. Dude, it's 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 uh, paper rock scissors. It's a game of paper rock scissors for it. It's not yeah. <laughs> two out of three, three out of four. Yeah, best of seven. Damn right. <laughs> well, no, honestly, uh, you know, leading up to the initial scene. You know, I, I love the interaction that Rand is having with uh, with our, uh, our our henchman. Was it Lamguin? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, like like. But when it comes down to it, 
you could tell he was really just bothered in trying to to get to to talk to Master Gill and Loyal. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he had such an absurd day. Um, you know, we get to it when he runs into to Master Gill and, and Loyal, but like he's before he's been so hesitant to tell people about anything like he doesn't know who to trust at this point i don't know if it's so much that he trusts them or like it was just such a wild story he knows he can't go tell matt because matt's still in his funk but he's just you when something like this happens you can't keep that shit to yourself you got to go mm-hmm. tell somebody you know so he's he's jonesing yeah 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 so he gets into the the library and and of course uh gail's happy to see him because he's losing and uh, Master Gill and and uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know stops playing. Says you know immediately Gill starts wondering, worrying about the beggar. You know because he's like this guy was looking for you. Did you see the beggar and Rand's like, yeah, I saw him, but that's not important. I saw the queen. And Gill's just like, sure you did. Like and Gareth Brynn just came my 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 end. You know. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I love the sarcasm. It was beautiful. I would get along well with that guy. Um, and, and, and Rand starts to tell his whole story. It's like, no one wants to believe me. Everything's lying today. It, it starts to tell his whole story. And as his story goes out, I can just picture this as, as master Gill realizes, Oh, he's just, he's telling the truth. Cause there's no way. It's one thing. If you like joke around how I saw the queen, it's another thing. If you like start telling the story, with all these details, it's like, okay, this actually happened. Um, yeah, I, I almost believe you weren't making fun. The innkeeper said slowly. And then loyal who this is, <laughs> Pretty much the whole chapter, this is his number one line, Tavirin. <laughs> and then and then later on they talk about the other people and he's like, hmm, more Tavirin, 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 Tavirin. <laughs> so that, that's his input. Yeah. That's it for this. Yeah. Loyal's Loyal's just fascinated at the fact that they're Tavirin. Um <laughs> so, you know, um, like I said, Gil starts to believe his story and um uh, and 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 Gil says, Well, if this is true. You have to leave the city right yeah. now um, before your friend, friends get here. You need to get out. And, and Ren's really confused by this, but Gil says, Elida will come for you. Um, and um, kind of sets this urgency that they, he needs to leave. Yeah, it says, Elida is Queen Morgase's advisor right next to Ca- uh, Captain General Gareth Ren himself, maybe ahead of him. If she sets the Queen's guards looking for you, Lord Gareth won't stop her unless she interferes with their other duties. Well, the guards can search every inn in Camelot in two days. So they know right off the bat that he didn't have much time. And I don't know that he really threw them off very hard at either. And we don't know what type of spy network is set up in the city. We don't know what the queen has established. We don't know what uh, our, our lady Aes Sedai has set up in her city. Like, all the cats that are around maybe she can control the cats or something like you know who who knows who she has spying for her you know so Mm -hmm. yeah and so if we reach back like uh i don't know if it was me or chris but i I at least definitely agreed with it about how uh queen morgays might not actually be in charge that aleda is using her as a puppet but then during that interaction with the queen um you know, I kind of I, I backpedaled on that a little bit because she definitely took what uh, Aleda had to say under advisement and everybody else. But she made her own decision and she seemed very independent. But then you have this worry from Master Gill that 
okay, that's fine that, you know, the queen gave you the blessing to go ahead and, and leave, didn't see you as the threat, but that doesn't mean Aleda isn't going to come after you. So we, we're back to this uh, power struggle um, of some sorts, you know, at the court there, where, where the mm -hmm. queen ultimately, yeah, what she says counts, but Aleda still has her people and her minions and and her uh, her control over the realm there. Uh, that Master Gill is very much worried about. So it's real. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, Gil offers the help. Obviously, he's a real good guy. But then you get this next scene where Loyal wants to go with Rand. And Rand, you know, immediately says, You know, it's after me. I've told you all the stories already. Um, you really shouldn't come. Uh, he says, Why do you want to come anyway? And, and Loyal's line to him is like, You stand at the heart of it. And gives Rand a chill because it's exactly what Elida had said to him. Yeah, he says, you um, truly are Tavir and Rand. The pattern weaves itself around you and you stand in heart of it. And then Tan has the thought, you know, this man stands at the heart of it, which is what Elida said. And since Rand felt chilled, he's like, I don't stand at the heart of anything. You can, you can see the development yeah. here. You can really get, get a feeling for the very simple fact that He's honestly trying to fight against what is predetermined. So the pattern definitely has weaved its way around him. And we're about to see some stuff happen, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, Alan, I'm starting to understand your appreciation for Loyal. Um, you know, just because of the, the type of people he comes from, he's already pretty cool. But uh, he's kind of going against the grain for what the O'Gears traditionally do or what they're doing these days. Uh, and his motivation is you hinted right at it. I mean, he, he doesn't just want to read about stuff in books. He wants to go experience. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't want to just hear someone tell him a story about this, this garden or something that the O'Gears built many years ago for men. Like he wants to go see it for himself. And then well, while he's hanging out here, he sees this guy and his story unfolding, Rand and his story unfolding. He's like, man, there's going to be some cool shit happening here. And he totally understands the danger. I mean, he's not naive, uh, but he just knows whatever cool story is going to happen in the next month, two months, whatever, everything that's unfolding right now, the best stories are going to happen around this cat and he wants to be there for it. So uh, just knowing you a little bit, Alan, and knowing myself, like I, I, uh, I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. so, yeah. And so right as this, this interaction kind of comes to the end, Rand agrees saying, okay, fine, you can come with me. And right as soon as that happens, I think one of the, the maids, barmaids comes in and says, the white cloaks are in the common room, you know, and, um, and, you know, Master Gill says, you know, loyal stay here. Don't want to freak them out anymore. And Rand follows Master Gill into the common room. Um, the white cloaks are there looking for dark friends and actually uh, names that they're looking for a two rivers boy. So we get to this next awesome little scene. It's a short scene, but it's uh, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> Before we get that far, I like to point out that Loyal is not going to let Master Gil give up on that game of stones. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it says for uh, more of the guards, Master Gil hired were spaced across the wall from him, all industry paying no attention, industriously, excuse me, paying no attention at all to the white cloaks. I think it's really cool how 
Um, the scene was kind of set here. I know I kind of started in on the middle of the scene, but that was the point that really stuck out to me. Master Gill really isn't playing any games. He seems like this soft, lovable man, but he's got his goon squad. And, you know, <laughs> they kind of remind me a little bit of land. Like they're just they're there. They're kind of pretending like they're not there. They're not really paying attention to anything, but they're actually paying attention to everything. And then you get these white cloaks that enter and they're just like the most pompous jerks that you, you know, have. And right away, they're just like, I have no time for your dribble innkeeper. I've been to 20 inns already today, even a worse Pigasty one than the last, or excuse me, every worst Pigasty than the last. And I see 20 more before the sun sets. I'm looking for two dark friends or a Four dark friends, a boy from the two rivers. And of course, he goes, there are no dark friends in my establishment. Every man here is a good queen's man. Yes, and we know all where Morgay stands. And that was a statement made by one of the white cloaks. So you can tell that they have no love for the queen. So right away, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, really? And then they make the comment, she stands, uh, it was to the point, I was like, yeah, she's being controlled by her Tarvalon witch. And then all of a sudden, the entire mm-hmm. room just explodes. And that was the part <laughs> that got me. It's like, it's just the scraping of chairs was loud. Suddenly, every man in the room was on his feet. They stood still as statues, but everyone staring grimly at the white cloaks. The under officer did not appear to notice but the four behind him looked around uneasily. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, this actually reminds me of a of an incident that happened in high school, actually, and not, and not that I'm proud of any of this, but Ian was there actually. So, um, uh oh, so we were driving to a sailing competition of all things, because like I said, we sailed in high school. Ian, Ian and I did, and there was like three cars in a line. I accidentally cut a guy off, and it was actually a completed accident. Like we're trying to follow people in high school. A new driver, not really that great, cut him off. At the next stoplight, this guy has road rage, gets out of the, his car, and like comes up to my window and starts banging my window, telling me to get out of the car. He wants to yell at me. Yeah. All the cars around us were other people on our team. Like um, they all opened their car doors, and next thing you know, twenty people all got out. I think one of them had a hockey stick in his hand. Like, <laughs> yep. I, w- I won't name names, but the guy behind us, he gets out, and he's he was the crazy one of the bunch. I yeah. wasn't the crazy one of the bunch. He was. He was. And uh, he he had it was either a hockey stick or a baseball, or baseball he had bat. Something. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's out there and looks just get back in your yeah. car now. Guys, uh, back down. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> Reminds me that scene, like, and I was, I was just saying sorry to the guy. Like, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But like, the other guys that I was with were kind of a little more, a little. But it reminds me a lot of this scene. <laughs> One, yeah, I, I love how Master Gill took charge. Um, right, right when the under officer had enough, and I, I guess he was about to order the dragon's fang to have him like draw it on the door or whatever. But he starts to talk about it, and he was like, the dragon's fang, and Master Gill just interrupts, won't won't help you five like yeah you can try but y'all ain't gonna make it out of here so you need to choose and then like like you're talking to a fucking toddler starts counting to three for him i fucking love it he's like one and then you know so this guy the under officer trying to save a little face you must be mad what are you thinking threatening us 
And he just goes, white cloak soda mm-hmm. rig, Camelin. Two. And he's like, can you really believe this will end here? Three. And then this guy's like, uh, we'll be back. You know, I'm leaving because I want to leave. Not because you're counting. And uh, I think your guys could whoop our ass. But uh, mm-hmm. that was a that was a very cool scene. I will back up just a little bit. And I, I have to admit, uh, even though initially looking at the chapter title, I'm like, oh, they're going to reunite. I didn't really put two and two together. These guys come in and they're looking for. Um, yeah. OK, but but that's not that's not what I thought at first. I thought the same as Rand that, wait, why are these guys now looking for him? Like his word got around and who's working for who? Like it just didn't click that they would be looking for Perrin and Egwene. Uh, I thought they were coming after Rand for a second. So it didn't click until the end. And I was like, oh, shit, you're such a moron, Ian. Like, I, I, I think I hurried past well, see, that I too fast. I had two thoughts on reading. it, but it was the, the verbiage, a boy from the two rivers, not boys from the two rivers. So I, I do get very technical when mm-hmm. I look at the words, and sometimes that's good and sometimes it isn't. And when I saw that they were looking for a single boy, and I know that would have just the scene that just happened with Nynaeve and um, – Moraine and Land, like I knew that they were had it been looking for him, and plus, you know, they're trying to put him to death for the murder of their yeah. brethren, and then you've got Matt mm-hmm. and you've got, excuse me, Rand, who honestly, they don't really know much about unless somebody's out there snitching, because they're not dark friends, they're not sensing them. They're not after them for the power. Mm -hmm. So they're not really that aware of them right now. True. You had that small crew from two cities ago that were kind of after them for, you know, their mischievousness, but nothing as serious as taking out two of their comrades. Right. So I I just want to point out that I allowed myself to be vulnerable there. And I mentioned something that that maybe I didn't read correctly the first time. Uh, and then Chris began to show how it was so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> me, like, I shouldn't have missed it. Look, it was right there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, and, and it was <laughs> like that was just me. That was me rushing through as I read to get to the reunion. Um yeah, but it, it was, I should have no, picked but, up on that. But, right. So, and yeah. I said I had two sides of that. The second thought that I had, because I did the same thing you did, and I rushed through it, and then I, I pulled a U, and for the first time, I reread a chapter. Because, <laughs> because at first, I was like, there you go. so maybe, and this is me having my little, con- my, my conspiracy theorist going on, like, maybe our peddler has caught up with his white cloak buddies and he's like Rand is in town I saw him because maybe he's the beggar yeah sure mm-hmm. I mean I like no, that no, you're no, trying no. to throw I, me a no, bone no, now that was... I appreciate that but <laughs> no. that, that was my, my yeah. thought at first because I read through it in a, a haste to get to the end because I want to get to yeah, yeah. where everybody yeah. gets back together I can give a damn about the white cloak at this point <laughs> Which yeah. is the, and that which being is, said, that the beggar is the one guy we didn't really tie a loose end to here, so that I mean, I, there's still a possibility of his involvement like that. Sure, and and it is the next scene. 
I mean, um, uh, as soon as as soon as the white cloaks leave, Gil turns to the Rand and says, "You you need to hide now." But then someone comes in the kitchen. One, I think another one of the barmaids comes out. Someone's in the kitchen looking and actually asking for Rand by name. And Rand's super freaked out at this point. Like, is it a light has found me already? I think is what going through his head. You know, like that was fast. And it says it's a lady asking for it, and it clicks with Rand exactly who it is. And he takes off running to the kitchens. And like, and Gil's like, "Wait, we don't know who it is yet." And he's like. He already knows. And yeah, the gang's back. <laughs> this is one of those scenes in the series they have got to do right. And because in Lord of the Rings in the movies, they did some reunion scenes that they went so over the top with the really white lights and just the soft cloths and the everybody's all cleaned up and huggy and like super sappy music. Like they went so over the top with it that they actually ruined the freaking scene. Like, I think I vomited in a couple of the scenes where they got together and were hugging each other. But at the same time, you still got to make it a big deal because I mean, it is a big moment of relief for all of them. Uh, even, even Moraine, there needs to be like a, a sign of relief uh, on her face. She can't be too stone cold about this because it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a big deal at this point. I agree yeah. with that statement. I just, I, I love that scene. It's yeah. just like Matt, or excuse me, Rand has the realization that he never mentioned Matt when he was in the royal court. So then he like lit up, huge smile, and then he took off for the kitchen. Like, I could see that. Now that we, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, are in our bonus episode, we, we reviewed some important information and, and have uh, experienced some, some characters in real life now. And I had this picture of, of what Rand looks like in my mind, goofily running to the kitchen, just like he said, and that, like, literally <laughs> slow-mo, like, who knows? But yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, Moraine's there. The innkeeper says, well, obviously you probably stay at the palace. And she says, no, I'll just stay here at the end. Um, and, and Moraine asks about the rats and says she can take care of that for them. Uh, you know, parents hide in his eyes. It has his whole entire interaction with all of them. So Moraine's going to take care of the rats. Um, Nadeev, you know, uh, everyone's there. Everybody's hugging. Everybody's happy. And then Moraine says, well, let me talk to Master Gill. You guys just go up to see Matt. So, um, before we move on to this next scene, anything from that scene we did we missed? Well, no, we 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 brushed on the the overall joy that everybody had and the the inevitable doubt of never being able to see each other, and then of course now they're here laughing and crying and hugging and everything all at the same time, which is really cute. You know, they've been separated for not for for not very long actually, but I guess it seemed like a lifetime to them and. They've all kind of changed in their own ways. So I think it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I don't know if it's significant, but I want to point out the little blip of Nynaeve. Like she's still in all of this excitement, doesn't relinquish her primary duties <laughs> towards these boys. Uh, it says, Rand tried to hug the two women and shake Perrin's hand all at the same time. And it was a tangle of arms and laughter complicated by Neve trying to feel his face for fever. So, like, she's not even letting the emotion overcome her. She's like, let me check you, son. You've been away from me for too long. Are you okay? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I I underline that. I don't know if, you know, maybe she drops that act at some point, but she's very, still very protective of her boys and and looking out. And have we really talked about 
why Moraine wouldn't want help from the palace, why she wouldn't want to go speak. And the Aes Sedai there just left my mind. Her name did. But why she would... Elida. Why Eli she Elida. wouldn't want to get help Elida. from Elida? Uh, not, I mean, not up until this, uh, not up until this like, point. I, I, I'm right there with yeah. our innkeeper, Master Gil. I'd be like, yo, you're, you're nice to die. Go be with your people. And I'm, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. go ahead. Well, so early on, we did talk about, or we theorized that, uh, you know, we heard about, uh, the dragon Loghain or the false dragon, and obviously I said I would be chasing him, and there were other bigger things going on, but then Moraine was on this solo mission to go find these boys and to bring mm -hmm. them back to Tar Valon. So we did kind of theorize that maybe she's some part of some other sect, or maybe even within that sect of Aes Sedai, she's kind of gone off uh, on her own, chasing her own mission. Uh, mm -hmm. So we, we brushed on it early on, which some of it, I mean, we got to get some points. It's somewhat true. You know, she's sure. in, she's in a, uh, obviously a difference between her and uh, Elida. Sure. Different sect of Aes Sedai and uh, different intentions. The different Ashas, which we'll get into more, right. I think, yeah. a couple chapters. But yeah. Yeah. Because they start, talk, they talk about it a little more. But yeah, so uh, Perrin asks also while they're heading up about Tom. He says, where's Tom? And Rand says, Tom's dead. And tell us a story briefly about the fade. Um, he said uh, he thinks he's dead. He's okay. not sure. He's not certain. <laughs> Stop trying to kill Tom. We've kept him alive this long. Let's keep him alive. All right. <laughs> Tom the White. Tom the White. Uh, just like Gandalf, he's going to come back, right? Um, yeah, so Tom, Tom the White um, <laughs> might be dead. Um, and and Rand said, uh, all you could say was just, there was a fade. Um, then they get to the room and Matt's curled up in a ball. Um, Matt doesn't even believe that any of them are real or the real people. And Matt's just being super strange. Um, you know, and then he starts to pick at each person in the room. You know, he's like picking out Nadeev and Egwene and just kind of going through the line and, 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 you know, being really nasty towards them. He's pretty naive. A wisdom isn't supposed to think of herself as a woman. Is she not a pretty woman? But you do, don't you? Now, you can't make yourself forget that you're a pretty woman. Now, it frightens you. Everybody changes. That's the quote that, that part, everybody changes. He's hitting on a lot in mm -hmm. two simple words. Um, and it really does throw you off. It's like, where is this coming from? Like, Matt is not this character. And we quickly learn, mm -hmm. Matt's not that character. <laughs> It's like right. Moraine comes into the room yeah. and right away she's like, get away from him. Like, yeah. yeah she, he hisses <laughs> when she sees Matt. Like, like, the first reaction is like, I mean, I can just picture this, like, just, like, just vile, like, that, um, just get, you know, get the hell away from him and uh, actually has to pull Nynaeve away because she's trying to help Matt. <laughs> I guess doesn't probably doesn't even understand how yeah, how, how two bad quick it, you know, steps Moraine is, sees but... the wisdom by the shoulders, hauling her across the floor like a sack of grain. Nynaeve struggled and protested, but Moraine did not release her until she was well away from the bed. Like something serious is wrong. And she's like, All of you stay away from him and be quiet. 
So you could tell she's kind of reading the room and, and I guess working whatever magic she could to figure out what was going on. And it said a convulsion shook him at her touch, a shudder of revulsion spasming through his entire body. And abruptly he pulled one hand out, slashing at her face with the ruby hilted dagger. So here's this like first real attempt at offing somebody simply because of what appeared to be a touch. But we know that she was really testing him to see what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's funny how we can read through these scenes and different things jump out at us. <clears throat> I mean, so obviously th those parts are important, but one, uh, when Matt started talking, if you weren't reading that in <laughs> Gollum's voice, then shame on you because you should have, uh, at yep. least I did. Uh, and then, so I underlined this. I don't really have any comments on it. Um, and maybe I'm missing something. So Chris, maybe you could fill me in if I'm forgetting something. But when he talks about Egwene, he says, pretty Egwene, pretty is naive. And you share other things now, don't you? Other dreams. What do you dream about now? Uh, so I, I circled that. And I never really came back to it uh, when I reread the chapter, but not certain what he's talking about. But I don't think Matt is crazy. So you can't just think of this as crazy talk. There is some sort of uh, possession influence, right? Um, that might have the ability to sense and see things. So you got to assume that maybe there's some truth to what he's calling out here. So with Egwene, like, what are these things that she's sharing with Nynaeve? What are these other dreams? I mean, with Nynaeve, is he just referencing their ability to, uh, you know, use the one true power, like their potential to become eyes to die? Uh, what other dreams Amberlin. is he referencing to? I don't know. Maybe is he, is he talking about other boys? How do you pronounce I don't know. the Amberlins? I can't say it today. The seat, help me. Uh, yes, the uh, Amberlin seat. The, the, the Amberlin seat? Like that, that's where my yeah. mind went. Oh, no. <laughs> Almond seat. <Yeah. laughs> don't, don't put that chat. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, exactly. But I mean, the, the, seat. the dream is now the power like they both can tap into the power they both realize that you know being a wisdom is just being an untrained Aes Sedai they've, they've got this realization now and they both want to be able to use the power and we now have we've seen and we've heard that they both have the potential to be just as good if not better than each other like it's kind of a back and forth between the two of them yeah. one will be greater than the other it's just who will be at this point Sure, sure. Right. So yeah, so Maureen moves close to Matt. Matt immediately tries to stab Maureen, and Land, like with the quickness, comes. Yeah, just yeah. across the room and just like stops like mid swing, Matt's arm like like it hits stone wall, um, like it's nothing. Um, no, I thought that I thought this was awesome. This was the next thing I had highlighted. Uh, one minute, Land was in the doorway. The next, he was at the bedside as if he had not bothered with the intervening space. Um, I, you know, simple writing there, nothing too fancy, but y'all know by now I'm a huge land fan as far as just, just his uh, warrior type. Yeah. His abilities and whatnot, but that was a great way of describing it. It's like 
the second there's a threat to Moraine. Like she was in, in control in that room, getting everybody out of the way. But the second there was a legit threat to Moraine, like he closed that distance instantly. Pow was there and settled things. So <laughs> more props to land. He's the man. I agree. Yep. And, and Moraine asked about the blade, uh, you know, but she knows what the blade is almost immediately. Uh, oh, she, yeah. knows, she knows it belongs to Mordeth. Uh, explains kind of about the blade and, and a few things that we didn't know beforehand. Like one thing the dagger is calling fades and dark friends alike. Um, we had predicted that a while back. I think yeah. for Fort Kings, one of you guys actually said, um, said might be the dagger that's, that's drawing these dark friends to them. Uh, but then you guys changed your theory <laughs> halfway through the sentence. Uh, which, which, which we all we all thought was hilarious because it's like like maybe it's the dagger. No, no, probably it's probably this other thing. We're like, oh, you had it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still get a half a point for that. Yeah, half, exactly. So, but um, yeah, the dagger. That's why along the along the road, it, it seemed like everywhere they went, they, you know, it's like, and even I think it was Goad. Was it? Yeah, it was Goad. Um, and and Four Kings said, you know, it's like waves or something like that. I can feel it. Yeah, coming off your eyes. Um. Yep. It's the dagger that was doing that. It's like a homing beacon. Um, so at, at this point, they also go into land saying there are Trollocs outside the city. Um, uh, he's, he's seen evidence of them for two days and that they're building an army. Um, and it's just a matter of time before they invade the city. Yeah. yeah. So before what? we move to, to Perrin's comment, anything else from this? <laughs> What does that say about me as the reader? We're like, I'm I'm less worried about these Trollocs and Fades at this point. I'm like, ah, a couple, you know, a thousand Trollocs and, uh, you know, a dozen Fades. Fuck it. Yeah, we got this. Whatever. That's no big deal. Let's move on to fixing Definitely Matt. We got time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 I, th- I think, you know, like, I think Robert Jordan does a really good job of that, too. Like, definitely as you grow the characters, like, certain things become less scary. And other things become more like, you know, they keep on leveling up, you know, things that are more scary. So like we first saw Trolloc in book or chapter five, Winter Night, when Narg and all of them bust the door. Narg. Terrifying. Now it's like, that's <laughs> oh, just Trollocs again. <laughs> we've got worse shit yeah. to worry about. We've got fades. We've got eyes to die. We've got <laughs> Yeah. But Trollocs are still terrifying. Don't get it wrong. But it's uh there's a lot of stuff going on. Um so, but yeah, so they're building an army. Anything else you want to talk about that? Thoughts? I'm good. Okay. So, um, uh, Perrin says, you know, I think he makes the comment, we're better dead. Um, and that's kind of the next thing I had highlighted as Perrin just being down himself. Just, you know, yeah, better if we were all dead than, than have to deal with this. And, and Moraine kind of snaps at him saying, you know, if you're dead, you can't help anyone. Um, just a good point. I like. I like this I little like talk. The, the very simple fact yeah, that Moraine it, seems to be kind of losing a little bit of her control here. The words that so many ifs mm-hmm. just stick out to me. She's almost reflecting, and she's realizing that there are options to the pattern, and she just doesn't know mm-hmm. which way to go. And she's kind of waiting to be led almost. Right. So I think that it's really good to pay attention to. It's just the simple fact that in the very beginning of the book, like she was the ish, like she was the one that knew everything, that had control over everything, that had the ultimate power. 
and now she's slowly kind of slipping into a little bit of helplessness because she feel like she feels like everything mm-hmm. is predetermined and she's literally just going right along with sure. the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there there's that and obviously we get into it uh a little bit more in the next chapter but uh with Rand being the um what was it Tiberian yeah and then um you know i don't want to jump ahead but like there's there's already hints that it's either going to be Rand, parent or matt and of course maybe all three um shoot maybe even Egwene and um nynaeve but having this ability to uh break free from the pattern change the pattern like maybe push outside of their destiny um, whether they're pushed by somebody else or whether they make those changes themselves, whatever. So that's that's part of the frustration I was reading here. Um, you know, maybe before all of this, it was a little bit easier for someone like her to get a sense of the way the pattern is weaving and have a better prediction about what's going to happen, uh, sensing danger, all that jazz, but being surrounded by these boys and again, whether it's someone influencing them or them being able to influence things, so much is is becoming cloudy. It's kind of like, you know, when Yoda just keeps everybody looks to him for the answers, and Yoda's like, "Oh, the, the, the dark side has made our things hard to see." Blah blah blah. You know, this is this is where she's at. There's all these ifs, and she can't see clearly about what the way ahead is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after all this, Moraine says, I need to attend to Matt. Everyone has to kind of end the conversation tells everybody I have to leave. But before everybody leaves, of course, Matt's still trying to stab Moraine through all this. Like it actually mentions that. Like through all this, Matt's still trying to stab. <laughs> like, and, um, and she explains more about the dagger, um, saying that it will eventually kill him. It's surprising it hasn't killed him yet. And eventually Matt will, be get, Matt will become uh, basically more death. And just by being close to him, you'll get infected. It's like a disease and he'll actually just, he could actually destroy the entire world. Um, and that's kind of where we in this chapter on this note that like, we're lucky Moraine showed up when she did because Matt's on the verge of just, it really could just start to spread and really, yeah, <laughs> be really bad. <laughs> you know, they're worried about trucks and fades and all this other stuff. And here's Matt here. That's about to destroy the entire like, a walking nuclear bomb or whatever you want to call it. Like about to literally destroy the whole entire world. And, um, uh, good timing. So, and we had no idea even yeah. up to this that has well, the first time that the, the term the shadow has been used as a person, as a noun. Because that was I something don't know if I highlighted. Um, when Perrin was talking about it'd be better off being dead because they bring pain to er- and suffering to everyone, she said that the Lord of the Grave, which I know we used at least once or twice has gained as much freedom to touch the pattern as I mm-hmm. fear he can reach your, you dead more easily than alive now. Dead, you can help him, help no one, not the people who have helped you, not your friends and family back in the two rivers. The shadow is falling over the world, and none of you can stop it dead. Shadow being capitalized, making it a noun. Um so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we all of these titles for the same person. Can we please pick a name? 
and go with it. Quit trying to confuse <laughs> the heck out of me. <laughs> well, I think also it just shows the the depth of different character art cultures in this world. So the each culture has different names for different things. The same way in 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 our world. I mean, obviously with the invention of the internet and things like that, we've now. Uh, shrunk that a whole lot, but definitely same thing had a yeah. lot of different names. You yeah. got you got crawdad, you got crawfish, you got mudbug, you got pecans, you got pecans. I mean, it's depends on whether you're talking about the nut or the pie, or you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that kind of wraps up this chapter. Anything we missed, or anything else that uh um that you guys want to talk no, about from this chapter before we move on? Uh, Chris, maybe you can help me find it and edit this out if I'm in the wrong chapter. But when they started tro- talking about Trollocs, wasn't there a part where Perrin like got excited about going to freaking kill him? Or no, 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 no. Yeah, edit this out, Alan. That was later. That's when they talked <laughs> about going to Canada. Yeah, that's later. And, and he start. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so, all right, this will get cut out. Yeah, we'll cut all that. So. For anybody listening on Discord right now, uh, we are going to take a quick break between chapters so I can refill my drink, any bathroom or something like that. I'll probably hit, play some music for you guys uh, using Fred. Um, so we'll we'll have some Fred going. Um, I'll, I'll cue some stuff up. Um, so We're getting can- into the meaning of life chapter. Uh, so if you if you have any music from. Um- I mean, Hitchhiker's I, I, Guide. I don't. I don't know if there was good music on this. Uh, there, 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 there wasn't. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. And too bad, guys. Play right, number so, forty-two by Dave Matthews. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I can always play that. But yeah, so I'll, I'll play some music. Uh, I'll. I'll let. I'll let Fred join the the chat, and uh, we'll we'll get going from there. All right, and we'll be back. Great success. All right, coming back online. <laughs> What uh? What song did you pick for him? I wasn't uh, smart enough uh, to listen. My, they said my audio is mess, messy now. Um, how's it? How is it better? Several people were typing. Nope, they said it's pretty bad. All right, I'm gonna exit out and then re- reconnect. So, a second. How about now? Does it work now? All oh, right, cool. Discord. Ooh. Ooh, uh, lower. lower. How about now, baby? <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, I think we're just waiting on Chris to come in. And then we will um, get get right into it. Yeah, you guys could have requested songs too. <clears throat> um, Fred's gone. I kicked him out. <clears throat> but hey, uh, while, while we're sitting here, uh, I'm looking at the back of the book because it's turned upside down. And the New York Times quote says, Robert Jordan has come to dominate the world token began to reveal. And I don't know why, but I just feel like that's a shitty statement. Like I, yeah, it's at no point about- do I see them in competition or even in mm-hmm. like even in the same world. I mean, I guess he kind yeah. of builds on them some, but I don't know. So, so I mean, there's been two thoughts that. So yeah, a lot of people hate that 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 quote they put on the books. I mean, that's been talked about extensively in the fandom because um, that's on a lot of the books. Um, 
And then again, in interviews, um, um, Robert Jordan did admit that Eye of the World was, he did write it as a, almost like a, a love letter to Tolkien. Like he, he definitely borrowed a lot from Tolkien. He did on purpose. Um, it's kind of a nod to Tolkien. So, but it's, it's, it's a really crappy quote. I, I agree. Some yeah. people like it. I, I think it's a crappy quote, but that, it's been since the beginning. Chris is back on. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry if everybody had to listen to that conversation. I didn't think to mute my, my discord. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I, yeah. Anyway, I think, uh, yeah, I think everybody should be good. Uh, your Discord should be. I have no echo from you. Nope, hopefully not. Echo, okay. echo, 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 no, echo. No echo. Okay, everybody, everybody can hear Chris fine. Yes, um, can you hear me? Yeah, everybody hears you. Chris is clear. Ian's clear. Everyone's clear. All right, good deal. So, do a brief pause, and we'll move right into. So, what I'm going to do for our next uh, break. Guys, I'm just gonna let Fred back in. You guys can pick songs, and then I'll just destroy everything, kick them out when we come back. Because um, we mm-hmm. do three chapters, and I will probably take only a really short break between the next two. Uh, yeah, this one should go kind of quick. This one should go pretty fast. So, brief pause, and we'll get right into it. So, all right, then moving on to chapter 42, Remembrance of Dreams. The name and the icon is we get ravens again. So we talked a lot about the Ravens last couple of times. I think they're in there and towards the beginning. I think we had it one at the time too, but, um, but yeah. So let's talk about the, ti- ti- the t- chapter title and anything you want to talk about there besides being 42. <laughs> but that's the most important part. <laughs> you talk about that too. Go for it. 42 yeah. Is divisible by so two. I- <laughs> yeah. So, that is the answer to the question. Um, not sure what the question is still, but uh, so I, I jokingly said, Oh, chapter 42, we're going to learn about the meaning of life here. And honestly, in this very short chapter, I think we get more revelation, more answers than we've gotten uh, throughout the entire book. A lot, a, a lot of things get tied off. I mean, obviously there's still a lot of questions, but um, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, the Debbie Downer, I'm looking at the Ravens. I'm like, you know, fuck you, Odin, and, you know, spying for the Dark One. That's that's lame. Um, Remembrance yeah. of Dreams. I didn't read into that too much. I just, I don't know. So, I saw Dreams, so I assume we get more Dream sequence. I probably should have looked into it, thought about it a little bit deeper than that, but I didn't. So, yeah. yeah. And then we all know what happens. We yeah. do all know what happens, and that's the crazy thing. When I read the remembrance of dreams i was like all right so we're finally going to get to a point where we get some people fasting up about dreams now what that has to do with the rest of the book i don't know but i'm super excited to find out and that was really all i thought about at that point yeah mm-hmm. right. and to uh, go ahead no, so the ravens really like at this point we know they are, you know, servants of the Dark One, and that I left them alone. I'm like, all right, we know what this means now. It's time to move on. I'm ready to read. Yeah. And to Ian's point, uh, about 42, so um, I know during, during our break, Ian was talking about one of the quotes on the back of the book, uh, you know, about the that Robert Jordan uh, is, is taking on what Tolkien, be, Tolkien created or something along those lines was the quote. Um, 
uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me. It, it um, said Robert Jordan has come to dominate the world token began to reveal. So that choice of words kind of bugged me a little. So with you doing the 42 and this being the meaning of life chapter, should it have been Douglas Adams began to reveal? Or... <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, maybe. Okay. I see where you're going with there. You're probably going to want to edit that out, Alan, because that's yeah. going to fall flat on a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't even know who Douglas Adams is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Douglas Adams. <laughs> uh, I'll let them Google. Hitchhiker's Guide is amazing. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll probably edit all that out. So, <laughs> look, I, I have my towel with me for this chapter, like the most important piece of equipment you can bring with you. So I'm prepared. You could leave it in here. I'm good. Okay, sounds good. Um, we're going to stop the podcast right now, and brief we're just going to go. Well, no, no, no. We're not going to brief pause. We're going to change. We're not going to do Will Town anymore. We're just going to do everything about. Uh, hitchhikers and just <laughs> <laughs> format up. Sorry, guys. Uh, we're, we're reading hitchhikers now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I was going to post a picture of me getting ready for tonight's episode, uh, but I'm laying on my bed. So I had the two phones and I had my pillow sitting there that I kind of lay on while I'm reading the book and talking. And then I had my towel sitting next to it. And I was like, I don't think I should post that. People are going to read into that way too much. So, yeah, we we, we skipped that image. But now you have it. Think about it. Enjoy. No. <laughs> All right. So the group, the group goes uh, back downstairs, uh, leaves Moraine with with uh, with Matt, and, and Rats Rand, Rand's trying to uh, trying to ignore Perrin's eyes. Um, he knows something's weird about it, and he's trying to. Sh- just kind of ignore it, but the parents obviously hot his eyes too. It's a weird situation. Um, and, and the next scene, they go into the library um, and and forgot to tell everybody about Loyal, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love this. So we'll just go to this next scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, whoops. By the way, um, it's an O gear, not a Trolloc. Uh, my bad. <laughs> which. I guess with all the excitement and everything going on, I, I could see the oversight. Uh, but then I think about the amount of time that's gone by since Rand met Loyal, and you would think it would still be a bit of a shock surprise to him. So, like, it should have stood out a little bit more. But anyways, don't matter. Yeah. Um, was was very funny. But Loyal, like, it's almost like he doesn't care anymore when people get all surprised as long as they're not trying to kill him. You know, if they came in sh- shouting Trolloc and chasing him with swords, he probably would have been bothered. But all the other shock looks and the oh my god looks, like he's used to it, so he doesn't care. Sure. So, yeah. like when I read through this, I was a little bit, I, I was really looking for for pieces of things that really caught my attention. And Rand's reaction to Matt really kind of threw me a little bit, just due to the simple fact that you've already had so much going on that you just didn't expect anything to happen to Matt? Did you Were you really that caught up in yourself or caught up in what's been going on around you that you didn't think that Matt would have something serious going on? And then to think about Perrin and to kind of avoid that, like each, each of those two boys have had some serious things happening to them and with them. And then you got Rand, mm-hmm. who isn't really – like going through it is hard. Like I, yep. you know, I, I kind of had this thought. I'm like, yo, what? Where's Rand's challenge? Where's his like 
mo his epiphany moment like where is his big deal like mind you we have this feeling that he's using the source and that he's you know using power but you know he minus the fact that he got a little sick there he's not really getting put through much so that kind of threw me a little bit but then I also want to say I, I love what Loyal is doing like I can see big old old gear sitting back on the couch chillaxing um because that's what i do <laughs> uh, yeah but anyway yeah so you know rand goes and introduces everyone to to loyal and they immediately start asking him a bunch of questions uh perrin wants to know about the studying uh because you know he had been to a study so he wants to know all about them and loyal's happily to to answer this, these, these questions and while all that's happening, Rand starts thinking about Matt. Uh, and while he's thinking about Matt, Matt comes down, looks so much better. Looks like his old self. Well, I love how Loyal has to put his little dig in because it's like Loyal looks up at their, at his, um, Loyal took their gaping in his stride. Rand supposedly, uh, supposedly hardly noticed it compared to the mob shouting Trollocs. And the eyes to die, he asked Rand. And he's like, upstairs with Matt. The Ogier raised one bushy eyebrow thoughtfully. Then he is ill. I suggest we all be seated. She'll be joining us. And it's like, a question? Yes. Then there's nothing to do but wait. So, like, for him to not really have much interaction with the crew, he already understands the dynamics really well. And he's like, we can talk mm-hmm. all day, but whatever we decide here in this room means absolutely nothing until Moraine, and he doesn't know who Moraine is, the Aes Sedai joins us because she's ultimately leading this group. And he was very aware that mm. Matt was ill. You know, he may not have been able to describe the illness. He may not have been able to place it or help out, but he's got so much hidden wisdom that I just want to know what role he plays throughout the next 14 books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's my only answer yeah. to that. I'm not going to tell that, you. That was, a que- <laughs> that was a question, but I know I'm not getting any answers tonight. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can tell you anything. <laughs> Look, if, if he tries to tackle a fade in the next chapter and then air quotes dies like <laughs> Tom, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, yeah. It's, it's the recurring thing that happens every yeah. couple of chapters. Ooh, a cool the, new character we like. Fade. Fade. Son from, of a bitch. Uh, oh, yeah. The never ending story. A luck dragon? Yeah. Falcor? Falcor? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. So Moraine explains what she's done to Matt. She's temporarily healed him. He's not, he's not completely healed. Uh, Matt's the dagger is now bound to Matt, um, uh, and it will eventually start to take it back over again. So you know Moraine explains all that, um, and also Moraine's able to take away the dagger's ability to call the dark friends and be a beacon. So that's some betterment, but at the same time, Matt's not out of the weeds yet. Obviously. Um, um, you know, Matt's good for right now and doesn't really remember much at all from any of the travels. Um, but uh, yeah, everything's going to be fine though because when they get to Tarvalon, they'll be able to 
uh, with the other Aes Sedai's help, remove the dagger from him, and that's exactly. their next stop. So everything's okay. Like the, right. the book's pretty much over. <laughs> right. We've exactly. Solved the problem. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and to, and to, until the very next scene. So. Um, right. Like next paragraph. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, well the next paragraph, loyal or uh, Moraine, uh, loyal and Moraine meet, and Moraine well, pretty before, much immediately tells. Before we go that far, I'm going to back this up really quickly. Sure. I think it's of course. <laughs> yeah, because that's what Chris does. I think it's interesting it. that she uses "I cleanse the taint from him." <laughs> she washed his taint. <laughs> oh, it's just as funny as when I read it the first time. But so, uh, like, sorry. no, you're good. But I just like the taint. What is the taint? Like now we've associated well. <laughs> what is the taint in regards to this book? <laughs> because we've tied the oh, taint. Okay, so no, yeah, it's all good. We've tied the taint now to the 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 male power and how it's corrupting the the power in general. But now we're also tying it back to um to the blade, which came from um. Oh, the name of the city won't come to my mind when I want it to. Shadow Logoth. Logoth. Like, so we're using this term interchangeably for many things, or are they one and the same? Like, that was my question. Well, and if they're the same or if there's strong similarities, if the taint can be removed from this little dagger with the right kind of help or enough help from enough eye to eye or enough whatever can the taint be removed from the male half of one true power question mark maybe don't know stay tuned it's like these are my questions you are reading my mind yeah <laughs> book 14 book, well, I was about to say book 14 because clearly that's one that'll only happen at the very end if it happens all right yeah um sure so yeah, but um, a Moraine, like I said, uh, where, where were we? Uh, Moraine has contained the dagger. The reference. Oh yeah, so loyal and Moraine meet. So that's that's where we are at this point. Um, Moraine asks loyal to leave, and Rand immediately breaks in, saying he's promised loyal can come. Um, and this is where the wheel weaves. Yep, <clears throat> weaves the wheel wheels, and um, they they start kind of planning. They have to leave to Tarvalin. Um, so the next scene Rand tells Moraine about the palace story and, and Egwene immediately asks about Elaine well who's Elaine <laughs> it's a cute little scene um, you know where obviously Egwene's getting a little jealous oh, yeah. uh, you can tell there um, and you learned a little bit more about our gears that they sing to trees um, but then Loyal says well I always wanted to ask an Aes Sedai question can I ask you a question, Moraine? She's like, sure. He's like, well, there's this man that came to a study years, like feels like 20 years ago. And he said, the dark ones plan to blind the eye of the world uh, and slay the great serpent. He says in time itself, like, is that even possible? Like, how does, how does that, does it, is that, is that something that can actually happen? Or what, what does that mean? And, um, and parent immediately goes, well, that's what the tinker said. The tinker said a guy a few years ago came and said the same thing to him. Yeah, the Aiel story. Uh, yeah, the Aiel story. The tinker that Aiel told the tinkers, and and 
Moraine's gets super worried real fast. And then and then they start telling about their dreams. He goes, like, and then yeah, like Balsamod told us to us in their dreams. Like, and Ray's like, hold on, time out. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so here, yeah, yes. I guess this thing. Yeah. This was a great buildup. And this is one of those moments I wonder how different it would have felt if we were reading like straight through like our normal pace. Because uh, it seems like forever ago uh, where Rand first started having the dreams or even when Perrin heard about this story and uh, at least with the dreams, there was a thought between uh, Perrin and Matt and Rand to keep them from Moraine because there was this distrust. But in the back of my mind as a reader, I'm thinking, Jesus, she knows so much more about everything. You need to tell somebody like, clearly this is bad. So like, I don't know, I've, I've just been anticipating this moment. And so everybody just starts dumping all this information out. You know, first pairing with his story from the IO men, uh, well, I guess Loyal started it, and then the dreams and everything. And I'm just like, fuck, yes, finally. Like, and I'm waiting for some super wise comments from Rain to just solve all of their problems, which we kind of get and we don't get. But uh, it, it was a, this is one of those moments where it's not exactly a battle scene or a fight scene, which normally gets me amped up. But uh, I flew through these last couple pages of this chapter just as quick as any one of those, because I, I mean, we've been fighting, dancing around this moment for such a long time. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. how it was Perrin who finally decided to like drop the bomb on everybody. He's just like be out of the mind. Yeah. And then all of a sudden no one appeared to breathe. Perrin looked at Ran, then at Matt, his eyes strangely calm and more yellow than ever. At the time I was I wondered where I'd heard the name before the eye of the world. Now I remember don't you so here they are like sharing this moment amongst everybody else and it's like finally everybody else gets to know what we know finally we're going to get answers so i definitely agree with you and I, I was right there waiting for like that huge like apex moment where we're going to get this grand understanding of everything and it's like eh, okay plans are changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you know they start spilling their guts about the dreams um and moraine kind of gets up it's visibly upset about this you know she said i asked you in the beginning about the dreams like chapter two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very early on like i could have helped you guys now it's too late like obviously he's been he's been in your dreams for a while like this is serious um this is you know if he shows up again you can you know just start denying him um you know uh, you know it, it, it'll not stop him from hunting them um by denying them but at least they'll keep them from serving him um at this point yeah when i thought it was neat also she said there has not been a dream walker in tarvalon for nearly a thousand years yeah Mm -hmm. And underlying Dreamwalker, I mean, I'm assuming that's what uh, Baalzaman is doing or acting as. Yeah. Um, but underline it, hoping she got into that a little bit more. Uh, not yeah. quite, but yeah. I mean, it's almost self-explanatory from what we've seen so far. Sure. Yeah. And um, and then also he talks about, you know, how um, that Baalzaman told him that, that the Aes Sedai were using these people, false dragons were using them. Um. And you get the kind of comment that I said I hunt false dragons, right? Not use them, right? 
So I had that question mark for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, we have always questioned why Moraine was actually after them and what her ultimate goal was, like what she hoped to achieve. And we still don't know. We still have the impression or assumption, I do at least, that she's out for, you know, the best of them all. But at the same time, it's like she's not seeking any help. She's not going to somebody higher up, even though she's literally in the same city. Like, you know, why not make life easier on yourself? So I really need to know what Mm -hmm. what she's actually trying to get out of all of it. Sure. And and the best she can reply with it whenever she speaks after the important shit, it, it gets me back to doubting her again. Cause her reply is the father of lies is a good name for the dark one. Yeah, no shit. Where do you know that? It was always his way to see the worm of doubt wherever he could. Okay, still you haven't answered the question. It eats at men's minds like a canker. When you believe the father of lies, it is the first step towards surrender. Oh, so now you're trying to use fear. I mean, that might be true, but you're still dodging the question. You're not giving answers. Remember, if you surrender surrender to the dark one, he will make you his. And then Rand very wisely thinks in italics, and I said, I never lies, but the truth she speaks may not be the truth you think you hear. Mm -hmm. So she kind of dodges that whole story or suggestion, and she doesn't flat out deny it. I, I feel like if there was no, maybe it's not her, maybe it is, but if there were no Aes Sedai trying to control or use these false dragons for their own purposes, she would have just said so. But instead of denying it, she dodges the question. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right, Alan. I, I definitely, I've got some highlights there and a, a WTF in the margin. So, <laughs> yeah. but even if, I don't know, at this point, she's still winning me over. So even at this point, if she is the type of Aes Sedai that's trying to identify uh, this, this new false dragon and use him for a purpose, uh you would assume the purpose is different than what Biazelman speaks of, of breaking time itself. Um, I don't know. I, w- I would, I would think her purpose or those eyes said I, that choose to use the dragon. Maybe it's more for good. I'm doing the air quotes right now. If it's, if it's that easy as good and bad. Sure. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. Yeah, so after all this, Loyal just looks at us. All three of them are Tavir and Moraine agrees. Like, I, th- I was expecting to find one Tavira, and I found three. Like, this is unheard of. <laughs> um, and at this point, you know, Moraine says, we got to leave now, and we got to go to the Blight uh, before the, you know, before the Fates catch them or whatever. And I think, I love Matt's reaction. I think it is that Matt's like, the Blight? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> He's like, I just got over one Blight. <laughs> Let me not go back to the other. <laughs> I mean, these these guys have all heard of the blight for you know since they're kids. It's like horror stories. You know, you tell kids to scare them at night like that. You never would ever think of going there. And now, what? You know, after telling all the stories, all of a sudden Moraine says, "We're not going to Tarvalon. We're going to the blight," and they have no idea for why. The Green Man, of course. Um, right. Gonna, the Green Man must <laughs> know. That's <laughs> uh, what what the yeah what the answer is, which is again cryptic to anyone. Uh, yep. To you guys, um, <laughs> yeah. So 
I question marks as far as what do you guys think about that? So, um, this is the first time Jordan's lost me just a little bit in my in my ability to relate to it. Um, there's there's all sorts of stuff that you know in high school and college I did that was just absolutely crazy. I've been in just ridiculous situations. Uh, Alan, there's been times when you and I, after a crazy night or event, would look at each other and be like, shit, no, we have to tell our parents this is serious. Or shit, this is serious, we need to go to the hospital. Or shit, this is serious, we need to go to IHOP. But never have we looked at each other and gone, holy shit, we need to go to Canada. So, <laughs> like, it's difficult for me to really, you know associate with this but i guess you know it's his story i'll let him tell it i'll go along with him to the blight yeah hey, there you go so yeah uh, they go find you have to go find the green men which is an allegory for mounties um <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think of that That's we, we, we gotta warn the mounties about uh, oh my goodness <laughs> sorry canadian listeners we got a bunch in chat right now they're going crazy but uh <laughs> no i always oh, say it with love it's with love, yeah, love Canada. um so um, you know, Moraine says we have to move right now. And she says, um, probably the best way to get in there because the city's surrounded by Trollocs and Fades. They have to get there fast. We should probably use the ways. And, you know, the pattern's probably doing some purpose because we actually have an O gear here, which is perfect because we need an O gear to go the ways. Like everybody's looking at her like she has three heads. And Loyal just kind of says, No, <laughs> we're <laughs> not using the ways. Um, says, if we use the ways, all of us are going to die. You know, like the ways are closed for a reason. Um, the, the, you know, he puts his foot down. We're not going, and the, ends that that chapter. Which originally I was going to end the episode there. And aren't you glad I added the last one? <laughs> yeah, so bad. No, I definitely would have kept reading. You, you, you've done you've done well with combining chapters recently. Sure. Uh, so I hope they do a good job of building up Loyal as this. A uh, character who kind of breaks the mold of his people. I think that's that's important as a build up to him being so emphatic that they just they don't do this. Um, he seems a little bit more carefree and speaks slowly and everything. But when you consider him compared to other Ogiers, he's young. He's in his teenage years. He takes chances. He wants to go out and see the world instead of just reading about it. Da, 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 da. He's like, man, I just want to experience things. And then she goes, let's go through the ways. And he's like, Burp. fuck no, that's where I draw the line. Like, <laughs> So for, for him to pump the brakes like that pretty hard is fairly significant. So um, even before I moved on, obviously, Moraine was going to talk him into it. Uh, he don't know who he's dealing with. They're going to go, right? But the danger is there. Uh, and, and it's pretty significant. Like this might be some crazy stuff where we lose a member of our party or the party gets separated again, or, you know, this reunion might be very short lived, but the, the ways are probably going to throw us through a, a pretty big loop here. Yeah. So before we get into the next chapter, what are you guys initial thoughts when you heard the ways? I mean, we've heard the ways before, and I think a couple of chapters ago, Chris talked about that they might be lost for good. Now we're actually going into them, but, uh, I think, you know, obviously we get more description next chapter, but we can't get your initial reaction now because you've read further. But um, um, just think back. But what, what are you guys' thoughts worth in this chapter? We, we've hinted at um, there, there must be some sort of way for 
the Trollocs, especially in the fades, to be able to move in such big numbers and and not be seen. So is this, are the ways, is that how they were doing it? Were they utilizing that? Do they have access to it as well? Um, obviously, we don't have those answers now, but that's something I was thinking at the time. Hmm. Um, is there some sort of... Uh, nope, never mind. No, that I, I, I'm right there along the that same been line with you. Like we've been calling it shimmering and this, that, and the other. But do we have people now that have ways of controlling the ways? Like, you know, hmm. we we're thinking of it as a series of doorways established and set points. But you know, maybe it's how to say it, they established a doorway for people that do not have magic to open, but those that can manipulate the power can open the ways at certain, you know, in different moments. Like maybe the shadow was another way of opening the ways, or I'm trying to, to piece it together in my mind, but maybe it's more or less touching the power that allows you to open this gateway. Um, and it's more about like the the explanation of what it is that kind of leads me to that. It's just like, and I, we don't get into that in this chapter, so let me be quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're gonna get into this. Episode, I, but yeah, yeah. It, I even thought back briefly to the prologue, where it says he could not bear to remain any longer. Desperately, he reached out to the true source, to tainted Sedine, and he traveled. So. Was that the means in which he traveled? I mean, with his power, he wouldn't have to go through one uh, created by somebody else. Maybe he created one right then and there to travel. Um, was that the first way created that exists in this world now? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. operating all over the place. Maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that ends this chapter. So any final thoughts before we pause the next one? All right. So, all right. So, take a, another brief pause. Uh, my drink's go still good. So, that, unless you, yeah, I just I just got to take a leak, but I don't need a refill. So, okay, just a couple minutes. Okay, sounds good. I uh, will do that. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. You're good. All right. Hopefully, Ian comes back on because. So <laughs> I. Hello. Hey, what's up? So I'm a little freaked out right now because our audio from the first two sessions is not processed yet. So I don't know what's going on with Anchor, and hopefully it's just a glitch in my phone, and we don't have to record all of this. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm a little bit concerned about it, but um, it's just as processing. Okay, and never mind. I just looked. It came through. It just awesome. took me All right. Woof. That made me nervous as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was sitting looking at this processing, processing, no audio showing up. I was like, okay, you got to be kidding me, guys. Um, <laughs> it just was taking a sweet time. So, all right. Um, cool. So now I can stop having my panic attack that I was having anxiety inside of myself. I need to clear, have a, have a shot of rum, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, settle down those nerves there. <laughs> Yeah, because I was just like, holy crap, we just recorded for an hour and a half and none of it's there. 
Um, and we're already doing this recording late because normally we do it on Tuesday. So that means I even, if we had to redo it again, it means we're probably doing it a different night and I have even less time to edit and put out, which is just makes me. Yeah. yeah. So glad everything's working now. Um, can everybody hear Ian and Chris in Discord before we get yeah, started? Can you hear here? me now? Yes, yes. Okay. You can hear everybody. Okay, cool. Um, uh, now I imagine now I'm not telling. Yeah. So, treat, uh, just to, before we get started, so it's happened before where like we recorded an entire episode and Chris's audio was cut out and we had to record everything again. Like on a Sunday night, I, I pretty much took the next day off work so I could just edit the episode to put it out still that same week. Um, and it was very weird trying to recreate it and still be and still original off the cuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you're trying to say something you and repeat things you've already said when you're trying to yeah. act like you're so now it's, it's acting rather than just being real so it's just different i but, just remember there was one part that you edited out really well but you had to go now ian this is where you tell that that story about the thing remember and i was like <laughs> oh yeah yeah wait wait uh, all right go <laughs> yeah <laughs> our, 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 our podcast is unscripted for a reason so when you're trying to recreate it unscripted yeah tough tough Let's go ahead and pause and get right into chapter 43 so we can go wrap this up and we can talk to everybody in the bureau, in the bureau afterwards. So, quick pause. All right, chapter 43, Decisions and Apparitions. Um, apparitions. I don't know how to talk. I'm having too much rub. So, Decisions and Apparitions. The icon is a dragon's fang. Um, uh, we've seen that, uh, that, that icon a whole lot, but... Um, we had choices before that we had decisions. So I don't know if Ian had something to add to this chapter title, but yeah, let's talk about it. Danger. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of think having read the chapter, um, the fact that she lets loyal give the whole story, everybody understands the danger. She, she does have her, her way where she essentially tells people, this is really the only choice we have. But um, I think if any one of them would have wanted to back out at this point, I, I don't think I don't think anybody would have been too pissed at him. Yeah. So. So Ian's flirt. so decisions air quotes, but uh, yeah, yeah. Now see, this is where I'm gonna pull an Ian, and I'm like, what decision did they really have? <laughs> like, yeah. you gave them false choices throughout the entire last. 42 chapters of the book and now we're at them having to make the only decision that they're actually able to make which is save the world or don't save the world well Hmm. had you actually given us a choice 23 chapters ago then maybe we wouldn't be along for this ride at all yeah Yeah. true true yeah so we start the chapter, um, you know, Rand starts asking questions about what, why, why can't we go to the ways? And Moraine just says, well, let Lo- Loyal says that she doesn't want to go. So let him tell you why. Um, so we get this story. So, um, and Ogier, he's trying to be brief, but obviously Ogier's when they tell stories, they, they go deep. So <laughs> I'll let you guys get thoughts on this story about, yeah, what you think about the ways and how they're created, and you get the whole entire backstory. Do we really get how they were created, though? Well, yeah. So it says during the time of madness, um, 
you know, er, people were scattered everywhere uh, because the board was breaking. So that was right after. Um, yeah, we, we called the break it of the says we O'Gear were scattered to driven from the seating into the mm-hmm. exile in the long wandering when the longing right. was graven on our hearts. Like we get the why. Yeah, but so you get the, but you get the men who could channel. So, so men who could channel will go crazy. So in a steadying, they couldn't touch the source. So some, we got that from a couple of chapters ago when Perrin was in there. They said, they, I think they they talked about that too. Like, he, he a, felt a, something leave him. That's oh, Egwene did. Egwene did. did. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So you're you're cut off. So men that could channel rather than going crazy went to the steadings as a way of not going crazy because you don't have to touch the true source if you can't touch it. So um, as a gift for being able to do that, they use the power to create the ways um, uh, to, to basically link different parts of the world. Um, eventually the men did leave uh, just because that longing to be able to channel took over and they couldn't stay away from it. Uh, and eventually they all did leave, but before they left, they did create this whole entire system of, of, of something of a passageways that you could travel from one stead to the other. And then also they gave the oh, gear, the ability to grow, grow like a living thing, grow way gates. Um, so they could, w- while they worked on cities, um, and, you know, afterwards they could then grow a way gate so they can go back to their settings with ease uh, by traveling the ways back and forth between the steadings and the yeah, cities. Yes, like so, I was wondering, like the ways. Like, is this something they created, or something they're just giving access to? Like, is this something that's always a like been there, always been a part of the world? Mm-hmm. Is it part of the one, the the one power? Is it you know part of the source? Like, and they're just giving them you know, a, a bridge or a gate, like a gateway to it essentially. But like, did they build this or was it something that was always already there? Like, I know that sounds like a, a dumb question maybe, but for me, it's like, are you using power to create this thing or are you just giving away to access something that was already there? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah, <laughs> eventually, eventually we'll find out more about this. But yes, um, and so the, there's more to it. There, there is more to it. But this gives a basic understanding of, of of where they came from. It does, and it's like it was not just that they could not wield the one power or touch the source; they could no longer even sense it. Talking about the guys, you know, why would you, why would you leave your sense of security and your sense of self? to go back to this power. So it really was addictive. Um, so I, I, I struggled a little bit in, in, in a lot of ways because I'm like, I'm having more and more questions like, why did the men go back? Why not stay in the setting? And why not, you know, be safe? Why not, you know, why access this power if it's not something that everybody should be using I don't know. I came up with more questions and answers than I wanted to. We did get the one piece of information that I love. It's like, I am a blue Aja loyal. Unlike the red Aja, we hold to the second view. Sanctuary helped to save what could be saved in regards to the breaking. Right. So, yeah, there's two schools of thoughts amongst the Aes Sedai is that 
that the, the Ogier made things worse by prolonging the breaking because the men, some men went there and went to the studying and it, and rather than just like a bandaid pulling it off, it made it so when they left, it just kept on breaking and breaking and breaking for a longer period of time. And then there's another argument that said that because they allowed the men to come there, they saved the world because if all the men were to actually go mad all at once, it would have physically destroyed the entire world. And it actually, the Ogier saved the world by letting men come in. So there's two schools of thought amongst the Aes Sedai. Um, yeah, uh, which one's better? But apparently the Blue Aja believes that the Ogier were good. That <laughs> comes from that train of thought. But, so I was going to ask also, that's a question I had is about different Ajas. Um, you know, obviously there are several Ajas. Um, we got in blue and red so far, I think. Um, but I don't know if you guys have thoughts about that or speculation. We'll get into that a whole lot later. <laughs> I've got so I honestly in this chapter so far I thought I would have more to say because uh, I had a couple of pages where um, I mean it's essentially uh, a highlight or an underline for one two three pages like almost nonstop. But this is now like I told you in these chapters we got a lot of stuff tied off, but then we got a lot of new information. This is a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm still even, I, you know, I, I read them a couple of times and listened to them once, still kind of digesting a lot of what we got here. Sure. So, yeah, not that exciting of commentary, but this this chapter, I definitely slowed down a lot more mm-hmm. and uh, absorbed as much as I could. Sure. Well, I love is What really interests me is Loyal said it's a marvelous gift made more so by the times. For the ways are not part of the world we see around us, nor perhaps of any world outside themselves. Not only did the Ogier so gifted not have to travel through the world, um, where even after the breaking men fought like animals to live in order to reach another setting, but within the ways there was no breaking. So yeah. it's almost like a parallel universe. Yeah, and they're yeah. traveling from one like oh man, it kind of reminds me of, like Ant Man to look at it from that perspective. Um, in that the whole concept of um, going into the uh, I guess it would kind of be like the multiverse when the, when he's traveling, um, looking for the professor and the professor's wife, or then looking at like Doctor Strange and traveling between the different dimensions. This kind of reminds me of that. You you have these mm-hmm. gateways not, you know, linking your world in the sense that, you know, you're you're traveling in your world from one place to the next, but you're literally traveling through another dimension or another world to go back into your world. And then time mm-hmm. is impacted differently. Because it says that you could travel in a day and make it, you know, thousands of miles. Right. So, like, I said, so many more questions than answers. Because I'm like, are we are we bringing in different dimensions or like what what is this really? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And maybe. Uh, um, well, and what, quick, what, quick, what we quick, do know, quick, though. Quick, quick, quick pause. I just want to test audio because they said sometimes something was going wrong and I'll cut all that out. But um, yeah. um, can you guys hear me? Alan's good. Ian, can you talk? I can talk. Can you hear me? Can you hear Ian? No, can you Ian, hear me no, now? Ian needs to reconfigure the, pow- the power couplings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ian's reconfiguring the power couplings now. Can you hear me now? Oh, I didn't light up. No, wait, now I'm you're, lighting up. Yep, yep. That's good. good. Okay. Good. Oh no, no, wait. Let me see if they can you hear you now. Can you hear me now? I am talking now, and there's yes, a green circle yes. around yeah, my. Yeah, yep. Yeah. There we go. Good. Okay. Okay. So pause. Ian, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. So eventually he goes on with the story and he talks about um, the ways were made by men wielding power fouled by the Dark One. And about a thousand years ago, during what you humans call the War of the Hundred Years, the ways began to change. So slowly in the beginning that none really noticed. They grew dank and dim. Then darkness fell along the bridges. Some who went in were never seen again. Travelers spoke of being watched from the dark. The numbers who vanished grew. And some who came out had gone mad, raving about. Uh, hit me with this, Alan. Machin Shin. Machin Shin. Machin Shin. Yeah. The Black so, Wind. So this is one of those words that people always pronounce differently. So it's actually funny because Dusty Wheel. You know, shout out to the Dusty Wheel because I love them. Um, they actually talked about this word the other night on their podcast. So they actually got an audio clip of Robert Jordan saying it himself. So I've always said Machin Chin, like Chin, like like your chin apparently it's sheen like martin sheen like our charlie sheen so machin sheen versus chin but anyway i think either, sheen. i think it either way either way works <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so but um so anyways i mean read all that for two points one that that's our first hearing about this black wind right um but where did it come from? Was it just residual from um, these men that had the fouled or the, the power that was fouled by the dark one? It just residual from them? Or was it somehow the dark one getting access to it and, you know, the shadow is taking over the ways? Um, and kind of like what you were hinting at, like, where are you actually traveling? Is it interdimensional? Is it time and space is it just space that they're covering distance that they're covering um still a lot of questions yeah so yeah so obviously you get the black wind uh uh um and and it's this horrible thing that's in the ways it hunts people um hold on you do know now that i'm gonna read that as charlie sheen (laughs) if it comes up again now that you said that it's charlie sheen yeah you call it charlie sheen it's he's the black wind he's winning (laughs) winning yeah winning (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) so moving on um yeah so you as you talked about people came out mad or did it come out at all people died um and after Loyal gets done with his story, Moraine said, Moraine has this quote which I love where she says, you know, we're not at, they said, we're at war, even though no one knows it. Um, 
you know, th- th- there's a war going on. We're in the middle of this, um, and the the battle is at the eye of the world. You know, that's 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 where we have to go now. Um, yeah, it says while the world refuses I, to believe, the dark one may may be at the brink of victory. There is enough power in the eye of the world to undo his prison. If the dark one has found some way to bend the eye of the world to his use. And then she kind of trails off. So it's more like if he's got a hold of one of our boys, then we're yeah. doomed. Mm. So this is now the new need. You know, like we talked about need beforehand, I think a couple chapters ago, like where Moraine's always about like what's where's the need and that's where we need to go. Um, you know, for, for forever it was Tarvala and Tarvala. We need to get to Tarvala. Now now this is bigger than any of this. <laughs> um more important we gotta get there um and, and moraine says you know all we can do is try you know we might not be able to win at this point at this point all might be lost but we gotta try um if, if we don't try the dark one's going to win yes yeah, so time itself one yeah. thing we can do we can try what seems like chance is often the pattern three threads have come together here each giving a warning the eye it cannot be chance it is the pattern. You three did not choose. You were chosen by the pattern. And you are here. Choices. Yeah, exactly. And you are here where the danger is known. You can step aside and perhaps doom the world. Running, hiding will not save you from the weaving of the pattern. Or you can try. You can go to the eye of the world. Three Taviran, Three center points of the web placed where the danger lies let the pattern be woven around you there and you may save the world from the shadow the choice is yours i cannot make you go Mm -hmm. so we have the word choice but really decisions just have to be made they don't really have a choice it's like decide to save the world or decide to live it allow it to be kind of condemned and then we have the differences in the very fact that there is the eye and that there is the pattern. And those are two different things, two separate concepts. Um, and then it's almost like with the eye, it's almost like it's a physical thing. Like the pattern seems more mm-hmm. metaphysical while the eye seems like an actual physical, tangible thing. So... I'm interested to see what this power is. Yeah. Or maybe maybe the eye of the world is like a physical wellspring uh, on the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, I won't say that maybe not the source, but a, a part where it's really strong or where it seeps into the world around them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Moraine does give them a choice this time <laughs> and 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 re- reluctant no 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 wow. because Nynaeve <laughs> Nynaeve reads right right into it and says I suppose there isn't any choice for Egwene or me either so in that statement she's talking about her and Egwene but she said there's no choice like no choice for the boys no choice for everybody else yeah. Nynaeve um, Anakin Skywalker here uh, <laughs> she, call, she calls her out on it and I like it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, reluctantly, they all do agree to go. Uh, and they got there. Even loyal agrees. 
that yeah, go to go to the way. They get to planning. They immediately go down to planning. Um, you know, Master Gil gets involved at this point. They're getting some fight from him. Oh, hold on, Chris, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Did Sorry, something that, happen? They had just a whole lot of like microphone. Oh, like yeah, some weird. background like, noise. You're moving around a whole lot. Sorry. Better. There it goes. That's much better. Okay. So let me go back. So yeah, they all re- reluctantly agree to go um, to the ways even Loyal does, and they go to get the planning. Um, and uh, Master Gill is you know get sent orders and things to go, and and Rand here tries to convince Egwene not to go, that to go back home at this point, but knowing that she is going to um, you know go ahead and go too. So. And she does. <laughs> it's kind of it, it. It is very interesting that we don't really know what the future holds for the girls. Like we kind of have this predetermined idea of what everything is going to go, how everything's going to go for the guys. Um, but the girls are kind of our wild cards. I feel like they're going to play a much larger role than has been let on at this point. So I, I'm excited. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Like I said, I don't feel like anything was yeah. answered. I can't. I can't stand. Yeah, I can't stand how Egwene lures him in with a false sense of security just to spring a <laughs> trap on him. Um, Rand, Rand's trying to show his concern. You don't have to go. And to surprise, she smiled and touched his cheek. Thank you, Rand. You know I can't, though. Moraine said I told us what men saw, and blah, 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 blah. But the pattern sends me to the Iowa world, too, it seems. Whatever involves you involves me. But Egwene, who's <laughs> lame, like she just shifts gears, goes B-mode on him. Like, man, what a, what a turd. Yeah. And Egwene's super annoyed. And, and, and of course, Rand, Rand has this thought. I wish Perrin could talk. Perrin knows more about women. <laughs> yeah. I need to talk to Perrin. He knows how to deal with these women. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, Perrin's probably in the other room, like talking to Nynaeve and like, Jesus, if only Rand was here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they say the white cloaks are watching the end. Um, and, um, you know, there's riots breaking out here and there throughout the city. So, you know, as innkeepers helping, they're trying to give these this news and and how they're trying to figure out how they're going to escape the city. Um, you know, and and Matt somehow amu- yeah, somewhat amused that he gets to save the world. <laughs> you know, that's a little part, but uh, yeah, but they they eventually go upstairs and uh, you know, as everybody's planning to get some sleep, and we get dreams. <laughs> Bam! Deny him! Deny him! Deny him! He's not there. Yeah. Deny him. So doesn't work. <laughs> I, lo- I love the progression, though. Like you know, w- when you first enter the the dreams in the beginning of the book, like it's you have no idea. It's it's very very jarring because you have no idea you're dreaming, and even for the reader, it's a really good way. To- Hello. Yeah. Sorry. There's like someone's running. <laughs> are you hitting your mic a lot chris no, or i'm not moving at all do you hear that too ian yeah that's really fucking creepy it's like someone else is on the recording uh anyway 
Let's take a brief pause and I'll get right back into it. I know it's fine on Discord. Sorry, sorry, Discord. They say it's all fine there, but like here in our anchor recording session, it sounds like there's someone like pounding on a microphone in the background. So, and it's it's Charlie Sheen. It's Charlie Sheen. <laughs> it's it's the Martin Sheen Black Wind coming through our microphones. So I'll take a brief pause and I will go back into it. It's really weird. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so this dream. So like in the beginning of the book, I love how Robert Jordan's doing this where even for the reader, it's really confusing um, when you first enter these dreams and what's going on. But then as they get more comfortable with them, like immediately he writes it in a way that you know it's a dream. Does that make sense? Like, because they, they, yeah. they announced it right away, like Rand knew immediately he was dreaming. Uh, you know, versus I'm in a black hallway. And- <laughs> well, and before the dreams were much more abstract because there was less control by both parties. Beelzebub's right. gaining in power and he's able to touch them more, which just sounds very inappropriate now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, <laughs> he's, <No. laughs> he's able to, to really reach them. He's able to talk to them. He's now you know, really able to communicate well, and they are understanding what they're going through. They, too, are more connected to the power. So they're both kind of coming closer to the source together. And it's giving clarity to the dreams, to where he's like, from the first he knew it was a dream, one of those dreams that was not entirely dream. So they're almost becoming more closer to reality right and they're right well so to to kind of tie into what you're saying about them i guess getting a little bit drawn closer the more they have these these dreams these interactions so within the dream you have on the table the three men you have the one that stood behind the wolf uh, but the shapes are kind of crude, but you can make out some details. The other with the dagger um, and the other with the sword that had the heron mark blade. So there's some details that stand out, but you can't quite make out who they are quite yet. Um, and if Beazamon is the one controlling these interactions, these dreams, which I, I think we agree that's the direction it's coming from at, these po- at this point, uh, this is Beazamon slowly starting to be able to in detail, identify them. Mm-hmm. Was 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 a little creepy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And yeah, Balzaman shows up there, and, and Rand immediately denies him. Um, I did, which is funny. I deny you. Yeah, which, which, <laughs> I don't. Which, I mean, what else would you say? I don't know. But that's just that, kind of funny. Brain said to say really I deny you, but they just laughed at him. What yeah. that whole. The Osman laughed, a rich sound rolling from fire. Do you think it is that easy? But then you always did, not do, did. Each time we have stood like this, you have thought you could defy me. What do you mean each time I deny you? This is a reoccurring struggle that we haven't seen yet as if Rand has been through this before, or maybe there's some idea of reincarnation happening here. And it's that, it's that whole matrix Neo thing exactly. that I mentioned way back. Or, may, yeah. or maybe times like a wheel. 
Wait, like it goes round and round. Yeah, mm. but um, I mean, I know what we're what we're trying to figure out is which which boy is the the person, but I, you know, maybe one of them is the true dragon. Yeah, maybe. and maybe I I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to really piece it together. Maybe there's another piece of this puzzle that we're not that we haven't come across yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as Bialzamont's laughing at at Ren, you know, he says, "This war's gone on since the beginning of time. Like this is nothing new. Like we fought since the beginning of time." Um, and, and at this point, Bialzamont once again, just like Goad, you know, remember Goad was offering Ren pretty much a job back in Four Kings, and, and Bialzamont kind of offers Ren upper upper level of management again. Um, you know, it goes back to the the, the offer of a job today. They can serve right on his right hand, and um, yeah, Rand immediately thinks he's lying. But yeah, yeah, and he says, "I offer it one more, one last time. You could stand above them, above every power and dominion, but mine." Right. There have been times when you made that choice. Times when you live long enough to know your power. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we get introduced again to the Black Aja. Deny him. Right. He mentions the Black Aja. So, you know, we talked the yeah. red, the blue, now we have the black. Um, and the black are loyal to the dark one, apparently. <laughs> so So that's not that's not too surprising. Yeah. I mean everybody be, everybody could be tempted. So I don't, I don't think the eyes to die are uh Yeah. And, and eventually, that. eventually Rand gets frustrated says, you know, what do you want from me? And and Bosman's answer is, I want you to kneel. Um <laughs> yeah. And, and the, bend the knee. Bend the knee. Yeah. <laughs> bend <laughs> the knee. Um and then uh, you know, Rand refuses and he just hears die, 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 echoing his head over and over and over again. Um, until he wakes up. And um before we get to the next scene, anything from that dream sequence you guys we missed that you guys want to talk about? Obviously, he hits the table too. We talked about that. Uh, we didn't talk about that with all the figures on it. Yeah, uh, swipes all the figures away. I don't know. It just, I mean, everything's pointing to them being out of time. You know, the yeah. the dreams. It, it's not so much that they're happening more often, but each one they go into. Um, it's more dire than mm-hmm. it's almost like the, the physical connection between Bazelman and the boys is getting stronger. Uh, Ran hurts himself this time mm-hmm. and it, it's a wound that stays with him outside of the dream. Right. Um, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, Matt, yeah. um, his, his first thing to Ran is that he knows who I am, yeah. you know, cause he picked up his piece. So now, now he's identified him. So like each one of these sequences, um, you, they're just running out of time. Yeah. And Matt's freaking out when he wakes up, you know, that, that he knows who I am. He knows who I am now. Like the figure turns to my face. Like, so I picked him up, like he knows who I am. Uh, and Rand had the splinter, like he said, in his hand and picks it out. And once he picks out the splinter it disappears, um, yeah, so kind of some freaky stuff. Obviously, there's connections between this dream world and the real world. It's not; it's, these aren't normal dreams. Obviously, um, we've learned that before already. 
Um, and and they're not that far, so they're not that far from Moraine when this is going on. And like she's trying to give them some reassurance about her presence being able to protect them, just being near her. But it's clearly not working with these dreams, and it's not working with Biasima. Right. Yeah. And, and Moraine comes in at that point and says it's time to leave. Uh, and they said, "Well, we just fell asleep." He goes, "No, you've been sleeping for hours." <laughs> uh, but we need to hurry. Time's growing short. Um, we, we got to get out of here like right now. So let's, let's go. And that ends the chapter. So with them leaving the queen's blessing. So any thoughts on all these chapters as we wrap up this episode? I'm really nervous about them going into the ways. Yeah. I'm probably more nervous about that than anything so far in this book. Yeah. Any thoughts, Chris? Well, no, I'm Chris, kind of along the same train of thought. Like, in my mind, them entering into this unknown, into the shadows, you know, if the Trollocs are traveling that way, if, if Beazaman's got a way for his people to access it, what type of troubles are they going to get into? And then I, we still don't know who the green man is, so... <laughs> yeah well, they've, been, they've been the green man before in the very beginning of the book they did they said maybe we'll even meet the yeah. green man and they kind of laughed it off but now it's like a real uh-huh. thing so it's like Wait, nudge. Four shots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so uh did anybody else i mean i i said it sarcastically earlier but chris did you pick up on how they're like oh well now we have even more reason to go to tarvalon yeah, because matt and anymore. if we don't disconnect him from this dagger it's not like he's just got a dagger the rest of his life if they don't fix it and break the bond there eventually that issue is going to come back and it doesn't just hurt him it spreads to everyone around him yeah. So they just skip over and they're like, oh, no, Tarvalon, we're just going to go do this green man thing. Like, what if they go into the ways and Matt gets separated mm-hmm. from Moraine or or Matt gets stuck there? Because, you know, even Loyal talks about how it, time and distance and everything just get really strange yeah, and weird true. in the ways. Yeah. So if, if our group gets separated again, like. The clock's ticking for him. Everything is, everybody's at a time. Everybody's got a clock ticking. Stuff has to happen. Sam Oba and Matt will get um, strong mm-hmm. enough. And they just kind of, they just kind of skip over it. The power that he'll be able to control the blade. Like, mm-hmm. that's the hope that I have is that he'll be able to, to, you know, gain so much strength like the, the male eyes that I have and be a great leader and be able to control the, the magic that the dagger holds and to be able to control that source of power and to manipulate it to his own will. So I'm kind of in that camp. But we shall see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then Rand, standing on the high ground, says, don't do it, Matt. I have the high ground. And Matt's like, you <laughs> underestimate my powers. But you were the chosen one. But you were the chosen one. All right. Yeah, maybe. So uh, one thing that Chris suggested last week, or I think it was Chris that suggested is that, or Ian suggested, that we read out the chapter titles and talk about that as well. So I figured that we should start doing that. Actually, that was a great idea. <laughs> 
So next week we're gonna do two chapters, and I'm just gonna read the chapter titles and let you guys. So you guys haven't read these chapters yet, so you guys can think about what you think about the chapter titles before we get there. So the chapter titles are the dark, the dark along the ways, and what follows in shadow. That's what we're reading next. So, any thoughts about next week? Well, <laughs> based on looking at the first shadow, the dark along the ways, we're traveling. Oh yeah, we're getting there. But we we knew we knew we're heading that way. But uh, and then and then the the next chapter is uh is what follows in shadow. So. Pretty ominous chapter yeah. titles. Um, I'm hoping we don't lose anybody. So. Like we haven't had a death yet. <laughs> you know. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tom, Tom died. Nope. No way. <laughs> uh, I'm really hoping that maybe he'll come out of the shadows. Maybe like, eh. Ooh, we maybe go. they find him in the ways. Oh, maybe. 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 <laughs> anyway. So let me go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Uh, and, and, um, and, so just how you can find us, as I said, every week we get found on social media at the wheel reads on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the wheel reads at gmail.com is our email address. If you want to slide into the email, get a little more personal with us. Um, discord's a great thing. To, our, our discord's really been growing fast. Um, I don't know if you to have, have noticed that, but we've been having like a lot of people join recently. <laughs> um, it's kind of yeah. It's kind of getting crazy. Uh, we have a little 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 piece of the internet that's fun. Uh, we do live recordings at least during quarantine um, uh, for everyone. Uh, originally, this was supposed to be set up just for Patreons only, uh, the live recording. But because of quarantine, we opened it up to everyone, and it's kind of become a thing. So I, I'll, I'll talk to our patrons and figure out what we're doing later after this is all over with. But for right now, it's open for everyone. So if you join a Discord, you can. D- actually listen to us live uh people are listening to us right now as i'm talking um and that could um, be a good thing or a bad thing i don't know Some, sometimes we yeah the unedited can be rough yeah it goes both <laughs> ways um and we have a lot of fun i mean there's there's usually i mean there's people in different time zones we have people all over the world that are on our discord channel so if you uh ever want to join in go to voice chat talk to people in real life we have that, of course, the text chats, lots of different channels, and lots of different things that aren't just Wheel of Time. It's like this little community that we've created, um, and I'd be, I'd be, uh, re, uh, you know, uh, not doing it justice as, as as many people have told me if I don't mention Fred. Fred's a new addition to our Discord. Um, <laughs> um, he's our he's our bot that plays music. So uh, we actually have a whole channel that you can. It's pretty much going twenty four seven so far. Um, and it's like a jukebox. Um, so there's people in there all the time playing music, um, which is nothing to do with real time at all. But it's like I said, it's a little corner of the internet. It's free to join. Consider joining Discord. And last but not least, our Patreon. As I mentioned at the beginning of our episode, we have a Patreon. Um, the link's in the description below. If you join that, uh, become a contributor for us, a Patreon, uh, a, a patron, um, then obviously you'll be eligible for uh, the giveaway that we're doing. Uh, give away a, a copy of the Eye of the World, a hardcover copy. Um, so that's up for grabs. So um, be happy to see more of you guys uh, sign up there as well. Um, we'd appreciate all the support there. We do more giveaways, get better equipment, get just better and better of a podcast. Um, that's about it for me. It, uh, obviously, like, review us, share us with all your friends, all that great stuff. Um, anything for you guys before we? No, until next time. All right.